0: The Last Time I Smoked is an independent entertainment podcast intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's wonderful <laughs> to be here.
0: Um, Arden and I met each other. What do we do? Comedy.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, uh, we're comedy ho- Hollywood friends. Hollywood Nights um, at the Hollywood Hotel. Did you just find us? Uh, so the good old uh, comedybureau.com?
0: Ah, yes. Yeah,
1: they list all the open mics in the city. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I said, let me go check this one out. And you know what you do with that? You realize in the
0: comedy Bureau, not all churches are created equally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you, you find
1: that out quick. Uh, you also find out not all shows are shows. Uh. <laughs> So, so and, and not all shows you get booked on should you attend. Oh, no.
2: Nightmares. Yeah. I won't name names
1: because we all have to learn the hard way. Right. And that's a different podcast that you can listen to. The
0: last time I smoked. The last time I smoked. The last time I smoked. The Welcome to The Last Time I Smoke. I'm your host, Landon Charles-Hughes, and today's guest is Arden. Arden and I have been friends for a little over a year. We met while we performed together at the Hollywood Hotel, Hollywood Nights, comedy show and open mic. He brought some hilarious poetry and original perspectives of everyday life, to the corporate world, to even sales. His charisma is infectious, and I'm so happy to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, and they, Arden. Um, Uh, Especially if you have specifics that you really want to dive in. I feel like you're kind of weak for not naming shit nowadays. Like, you got a name drop. Canceled. My (laughs) thing
1: is, but my thing is, a lot of these not-a-show shows that you wind up on, it's very early producers, where it's, they just got into comedy, they thought, I know how to put on a show, I've been to three open mics, (laughs) Uh, and so they put on shows that turn into open mics in terms of like there are too many people booked or they uh are not a strong enough comic yet themselves to be an mc oh, and right. they don't know how to formulate mc type jokes and they just kind of run through their weak act that they're working on and I, and I don't say weak to be demeaning i'm saying it's early it's early days they're still trying to find their feet and their voice and and sometimes it's a combination thereof right Where it's too many people, uh, an MC who does five minutes in between each comic. But they don't have five minutes material. It's five minutes of off the dome whatever they're trying to come up with.
0: Nothing's been written out or preplanned. No, not they at all. thought in their mind they're going to show up and this shit's going to be the jam when I get there. and, and will be hilarious. And
1: you know, God bless them because at some point they'll get there if they stick with it. Right?
0: I mean, it's taken me this long just to keep, be like a moderately good host.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, we all have to learn these things. There's no one way to do comedy.
0: Right, that's what I like about it too. Oh, it's beautiful. Is that you do see dirt bags evolve into not as bad dirt bags, yeah. you know, and they they or, or become they, more
1: humble, or they figure out how to use dirt bag to their advantage and right. make it look good, and yeah. make it look and make people love you for it. Right? Uh, it, there's a reason why we love the heel in wrestling. We like a bad guy. We like a bad guy, you know, because they're dynamic. They're interesting. You never know what they're going to do next. Right? <laughs> and in today's ADHD world. That's perfect. Right? It, it, it's, you know, what is this booker going to do next? Uh, so, and and that's interesting with shows where, you know, you don't always get the same type of comic on it. right? And you get a diverse group of comics rolling through. I mean, Hollywood's perfect for that. Well, where not it, all of them, though. Not all of them, no. Because I had a Twitter fight with the... Uh-oh. <laughs>
2: hold
0: on, I have notes. Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> oh, I've hit a sore nerve. He said, "Kitty's got claws over here."
0: <laughs> and I'll name this name too.
1: Oh, feel free, but I'm not going to stop you.
0: But um, they said that the alt comics that say the comedy store is an all white all the time uh comedy club audience members uh-huh. uh, are liars because when they go to the alt comics private shows in the majority brown neighborhood parts of the city, the audience is 90% white. Hmm. And I thought, whose d- dick is he sucking right now? You know what I mean? <laughs> to be like, this place is like trying to say that. No, no, no. It's not about whose skin color in the audience or what they've been through. It's just about an audience and having one. And I think when you start to, you know, diminish and start to judge now outside of, you know, the comedy itself and start to talk about the business aspects like that so blatantly without facts, it does gross me out. Yeah. And uh, 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 I kind of pride our show on being a very diverse show, whereas like, I still do like the White Dirtbag comic too, though you know, and I I find that like this guy over here is like he's speaking
1: out of turn. I feel like he's speaking out of frustration for his own like, and you get a lot of that. You get you get a lot of the why am I not succeeding in whatever avenue I'm trying to play in, Uh, and it's you know something something's fault. You know, it's not right. You know, and. And that's and
0: hard work is not it and and, and that's yeah. bullshit talk and no. I'm always like sure but also no yeah because look I've I... worked my ass off to get the minuscule amount of East Side comedy that I've gotten to and I think my shows are pretty fucking diverse yeah yeah
1: well I think you know I come from San Francisco comedy right that's where I started
0: that's where he's from is oh, San Francisco oh
1: well yeah well here's the thing about SF. <laughs> I love that laugh on that because you're about to hear some shit. Uh, And to all my SF comics, I got nothing but love for you uh, because this is going to be a loving statement. In San Francisco, you can succeed in San Francisco, right? Mm -hmm. And the Bay Area in general, right? You can be a Bay Area comic and you can be very successful at it. You can be the comic that's always a punchline of cobs, right? Who gets ass back and everything else. Uh, But you get a lot of people that are new in comedy in san francisco they hit a certain ceiling okay and they can't see a way past it because they're standing in their own way all right and the way they're standing in their own way is they're thinking of uh it's you know it is very clicky in sf right you got the oakland comics you got the sf comics you got the marin you know you got down south and a and you know there is some bleed over but uh, what happens is there's the group of people you come up with all right and y'all kind of travel in a pack all right you see the same 15 20 comics all the time right but it becomes very easy to get tunnel focus where it's like there are only these 15 20 comics who are doing shows and i'm not getting booked on any of them and so it's their fault that i'm not getting booked when there are hundreds of Bay Area comedians, <laughs> right. all right? And they're all putting on some sort of show. No, that's,
0: you... in LA, that's in LA too. Yeah. And I'm that guy then that you're saying, because I do like get jealous when all the guys and gals, that, thems and theys, yeah. that come to our show and perform. And then I see like their Instagram and they're on like four more book shows. I'm like, but I booked you in on my one show. Why won't you book me? But they have no real control over no. all this success. And so I put it back on myself. It's like, man, it's probably because I suck right now. You yeah. know, and get down on. I say, yeah, and, and we go through I do that.
1: that. <laughs> yeah, and we all go through that. And I do
0: that. see the same fifteen fucking comics a week. Yes, <laughs> yeah. all right.
1: Because you get go, you get comfortable doing the same <laughs> shows, right, and the same mics, because you know you'll get good reaction, right, uh, and it's just comfortable. Uh, but you won't push yourself to get beyond it, where right. you say, "Okay, I'm gonna grow, you know, a, a set of reproductive organs," because mm-hmm. I'm trying to be non-gender binary. Uh, and say, uh, I'm going to send a message to XYZ Booker on the show that I'd really get to get on uh, because they don't know who I am, frankly, right? They know who my, all my friends are, but that's because all my friends bugged them and said, can I please be on your show? I've got this show. You can be on my show. I'll be on your show. You know, it, it, there, There's a tit for tat, but it's not a transactional thing. It's a, hey, I'm just a genuinely nice person, you know, and I'm okay to work with. Uh, I can be an asshole and okay to work with. Uh, So let me show you I can work with you, right? And that, you know... It's my fault for not reaching out. Right. It's
0: just... They used what you gave them and just exploited it and mm. nailed, you know what, you know, yeah. giving them a, a book spot. And what they did was just go, "Hey, I did this
1: other show. Yeah, do uh-huh. you mind
0: if I come to your show?" And, and they're that's, like,
1: "Totally. That's, you did
0: that show. You should do this other show." And
1: that's the business, <laughs> right? Because in in I used to be in advertising and marketing, right? And my, your cachet is your resume, okay? In terms of. If you're in advertising and marketing, and you're in the same job at the same company uh, for more than a year, uh, you're you're stagnating. Okay. Stagnating. Wow. If if your goal, like mine was, uh, to be king of the world, right, CMO someday, but before you're 40, right, uh, you've got to do a lot of corporate climbing to get there. And the way you do it is you start low level, entry level saying you know i'm marketing associate doing xyz things right and after a year you get really good at doing that or at least very good at bullshitting you've gotten very good at that okay and you go to another company or a different department within the marketing department and you say look i'm over here kicking ass all right? i need more money and a better title all right And they say, sure, you're worth it. Look at you. You've been kicking ass. Look at these spreadsheets. Look at this shit. (laughs) Yeah, you give them a couple examples. They love it, right? Spreadsheets are phenomenal. (laughs) Tell me, I can automate the shit out of a spreadsheet. Uh, I'll go back to it. We'll keep going. I'm sorry. (laughs) So you do this every year where you're and you're moving up to bigger companies and you're getting more brand identity behind those companies, right? You're no longer just- uh, On work- your resume. On your resume, yeah. right? Where you're saying, <laughs> look, I've not only worked at all these agencies you've heard of, I was in-house at all of these companies you've heard of now. And they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger to where now I'm Fortune 500, right? Now I'm king shit. Now I'm VP of marketing somewhere.
0: Before you're 40?
1: Yeah. Before you're 40. <laughs> right. And but, I am so sad right now <laughs> of my whole life. Dude. So here was the thing. No, uh, sorry. Cut, cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. So but your whole life becomes about that. It becomes about not only have you built up a personal brand of here's king shit at a company. You're also doing marketing speaking events. Right. Where you're going and bragging about how you work at X, Y, Z company to a room full of people who wish they were. Right. And they're trying to figure out how to get to. And they're all looking up to you saying, he's at that company. He must be the shit. And you could be full of shit. Uh, and that was the problem with marketing, which was I was becoming that guy who was full of shit. All right? Where you? Not, or is it the fake it till you make it mentality? No, too? It, it's you never have to make it at some point. All right, Where you've gotten so high up, no one questions anything you say. Uh, everything's right. And you've got that's terrifying. Yeah, and you've got vendors <laughs> and other experts and people that tell you better, right? right. And to be like, where all you got to say do is ask the question. You know, you have to say, hey, we want to automate this system. Who's the best person for that? IBM. IBM, Citrix, <laughs> Cisco, you name them, they're out oh, there, Oh, yes, right? Cisco, I forgot about yeah. that, yeah. So what happens is... Uh, You're constantly driving towards this, right? But you've got to be constantly networking and do all this stuff. And you have to be the person everybody looks at for the answers, right? That was my cachet in the marketing world, where anyone could pick up the phone, call me, and say, Arden, I've got a question on my marketing, right? And you know this stuff real good. Uh, What should I do? right and i would give you my expert advice now my expert advice was in a very specific lane right i'm not talking brand marketing i'm not talking various direct mail and other things i've touched all of them right so i had this general knowledge background which was very extensive which people could tap they say well what should i do about my direct mail and i say oh well if you didn't this this and this right the basic tenets of that industry all right and they go oh well, I didn't even think of those, right? And, you know, it's like, okay, because you're new at whatever position you're doing, right? Like I said, people are juggling around. Always. Assholes. Yeah. So you come to rely on this network of people, all right, where it's like, I know this guy, this company, this guy, this company. In all these places, you need help, all right? And you start relying on the same vendors and the same companies year after year, especially when you're hitting your bottom lines, right? When you can show, hey, we spent our budget to the dime last year, so we need 20% increase this year, right? And they say, good, you did perfect, right? Because they don't want you to spend too little because, well, then we can't justify our budget to be even as much next year, right? And they don't want you to spend too much. God forbid you overrun and cost the company extra money. Right. You want to hit it just on the nosy, but then show the case for, well, if you gave us 20% more, we could do 100% better. And I was the king of making numbers look good. <laughs> uh, because people would say, Arden, uh, I need a report on XYZ. I say, okay, what do you want it to look like? I said, what do you mean? I said, well, what's the story you want me to tell? Because I'll make the data as such all right because when so good you, yeah when you get to big data sets it's all about how you query the data set all
0: right because nobody's gonna go through it
1: nobody's got the time to double check <laughs> this shit or even question it because half of them don't understand i don't even understand half of what i just said and that's how good i was right? <laughs>
0: But I got that when you told me about one of your first jobs out in LA where you were selling leather furniture oh, yeah. and how well you sold me. Now, I I swear to you, since I've you've told me that story, for thirty seconds, every other day, I think, God, the, what does that couch look like that he sold? like yeah. what is I didn't Google it yet. I'm still like I have to. What was it called? Or no, don't name him, but you know what I mean. Like High-end yeah. furniture. Yeah, so And I you co- sell.
1: Yeah, and and I sold it for three months before I just couldn't stand that <laughs> store anymore. I won't name them. Right. They, look, they they are good at what they sell. All right, uh, and that's about all i say. Right. Well, th- so, yeah,
0: but you say because of the story, just like with the yeah. numbers. Oh, it, it, it's like it, the story it, you told me about the cows and how that yeah. this one got shot here. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: okay. So this is the thing about. Uh, high-end italian leather furniture <laughs> is that you when you get to a certain point in furniture all right you stop talking about going to a normal store all right you're going to a specific destination to buy a uh, a piece of your life excuse me it, it, an extension of yourself it, it, a way to show off your wealth in a way that is tasteful and elegant and the way you do that is you drop 20 grand on couch. Ah! Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the thing about furniture is it serves a function. It's functional art. And it, when you get to this level, right it, It's about not only form but function. Right? Can I sit on it thusly? Because you, know, this is going to be in a media room where entertainment will be. So you want something that articulates in lounges and then also has a headrest. Because if it doesn't have a headrest, you're going to slouch into it, destroy the cushions, and what was the point? Uh, so it's about that functionality and getting that down. But it's also about how can I show off to my friends, who are also just as wealthy as I am, that I can get something better than they have. All right? <laughs> or at least that's got a better story attached to it. And it's all about the story. And that's marketing 101, and that's why I was so perfect for this job, is because you're telling the story of how this furniture was made. The fact that until they got the order from me, the brand representative, this couch did not exist. <laughs> it w- it was in the ether. It was in an artist's conception, right? Uh, I mean, they're all template at this point, but it the it's built to order. So... We pick the leather you want on it, the color you want for it. Uh, What type of feet does it have on it? Does it have chrome accents? This, that, the other thing. Does it have fabric accents? Do we do this and that? Do you want to do the whole thing in fabric? It's just you could customize this thing like crazy. Thus, this sofa is truly your sofa. Your neighbor could have the exact same sofa, but not the exact same way. All right, in terms of they probably wanted a different color because it fit differently in their room and everything. And you, know, these were off, often sectional pieces where you could pick like different functions and different things in different spots. So it it made the sales process a living nightmare because as you're making all these customizations, right, uh, you got to make sure you got everything right. And it, again, I don't want to speak ill of anybody, right, but people screw stuff up. And I wasn't the salesperson. I was the brand representative. I, was, I looked the part. Technically, I was supposed to be making the sales, but some weird agreement back <laughs> with corporates and corporates. Uh, I wound up just being a face jockey uh, for a given salary but, uh, or hourly rate, but no sales commissions. Boom. So I'm doing 90% of the legwork, and all the salesperson has to do, who's attached to said customer, because they had to come through another store to get a salesperson to get into my store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving away too much information. Now people do <laughs> Google shit. Uh, <laughs> so that salesperson w- resulted in the commission for the sale. But
0: the way you spoke to the customers. Uh, that... Yes.
1: If I think was to, to sell you on buying. This. Mm-hmm. And so within seconds, I could determine what type of person you are coming, coming in the door. Are you the person buying for somebody? That was a lot of the case where this is not the client. No, this is not the client. This is the personal shopper of the client who is also the decorator who's coming out to say, this is what we need. And there are giant... Pain in the ass sometimes, uh, because they're not warm and fuzzy. They're they're very transactional. Yes, this is not a fun this, day to go buy a couch. <laughs> don't give me the shtick. give me the stick dude. Just get me the salesperson. Not hipsters
0: at the vintage store. <laughs> no, no. These 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 are the people whose
1: jobs is to buy the right stuff for the right people. Wow. Okay. Yeah? Um. And I'm not speaking ill of them. They're very good at their job, but they're not always nice to deal with. Uh, because they're trying to make their end, too. And they don't want you to screw up. And they know we screw up (laughs) because everybody (laughs) screws up, right? So they're trying to make sure you screw up the least.
0: Right. And you're having to help them make decisions by actually doubling down on your decisions by saying, I do think that's correct. No, I think that's
1: right. We will meet this. And 99% of the time, the sticking point is always, how fast can I get this? And I'd say the same thing every time. (laughs) Three Three to six months. I right. uh, really 3 to 4 months but it, especially around holiday time holiday times we're talking 6 months out right because we get a lot of orders and uh, cuz it's coming on a shipping container from Italy it's coming the long way so and it's on back order like a well, motherfucker no it, it <laughs> hasn't been built yet right so right. they got to literally go out kill the cow <laughs> uh hide it do get the leather you know make the thing and uh it, i'll get into the leather grades in a minute but and what that means but uh and when you're this wealthy you're not used to waiting for diddly shit right okay you, you your contractor says 2 weeks it's done in 5 days uh, cuz you're willing to throw money at the project you know to make it happen make the problem go away here's more money uh or here's a here's a very grumpy lawyer to make your day a living hell if you don't fix this uh it's nice to have money uh so they're not used to hearing you have to wait Mm-hmm. and they're also not used to hearing the word no. All right? I try not to use the word no when I deal with clients. It's always, uh, I would love to, uh, and while you think you would be able to do it this way, we do it this way. All right. I've never said no at any point during that sentence. It's a long way of saying no, but it's we can only do it this way. Uh, and there's a reason for that, and here's the bullshit story attached to why that's the reason. It's not a bullshit story, but it's a song and dance, right? It's trying <laughs> it's trying to get people to be happy with compromise.
0: Oh, uh, totally.
1: Because we only have 200 leathers to choose from, and they're all specific <laughs> colors, okay? Uh, and the reason they're all spe- Only! <laughs> the reason they're only a varying shade of colors is because it's inspired by this region of Italy this furniture comes from, so they use that color palette. Makes sense to a graphic artist. Makes no sense to a person who is used to, when you say custom, I mean, if I want that in Corvette red, I get it in Corvette red. Oh, right. right. Uh, which, by the way, they do make a red sofa. Now I've said too much. Anyway, <laughs> um, they're kind of known for it. Uh, the red leather sofa. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, so I got very good because I'm a storyteller and I'm a comedian, right? At getting the client to feel these. Because the funniest thing, about furniture sales mm-hmm. is trying to get person to sit in the furniture. No one wants to do it. Everyone wants to look at the furniture, especially when they see the price tag being 20 grand, they they stand cross-armed kind of away from it and eye it from a distance. It's like, <laughs> "No, no, no. Come. Sit with me." And the first thing I would do is lounge in this thing. Is look how comfortable this is. This is a fabulous. <laughs> Feel the leather back of your hand. Beautiful leather, right? This is a 45 grain leather, untreated. You spill water on this, you're screwed. Uh, get better friends. You can afford them now.
0: Yeah, $20,000.
1: Yeah, fuck your friends. Get new friends. You know, ones who are civil and know how to use coasters. Uh, so, yeah, so, but you're talking. Tell Dimitri that. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Oh, look, people, this is my advice. If, if you're going to get wealthy, invest in good friends. And, and I'm I'm serious about this. It, it's facetious and it's shallow. Uh, it's it's everything that's the antithesis of America, but it's how money works. Is you are only as good as the people you surround yourself with, okay? So if you surround yourself with a bunch of slobs, guess how you're persona- uh, perceived as? Slobby. A, slobby, right? Or at least someone who associates with slobs, right? So it just extrapolate that out to every facet of life. <laughs> so you start isolating yourself and you start cutting people out of your life. Nope, like, nope, 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 nope. Nope. And you start going, Hey, other rich person who also leads a similar lifestyle to mine. And uh, like, we seem to get along and there's nothing in your background. Cause I had a guy run a check for me that it <laughs> would be a problem. Uh, it, cause private investigators are very good at their jobs. Uh, So, I do recommend having one on retainer. Uh, So, you say, look, let's be friends. Let's go play golf. Let's go do other, you know, rich people things that we do, right? Go race cars. Go do jump out of planes, whatever the hell it is. Go crash planes into each other. (laughs) I don't give (laughs) a shit. We're rich. We can do whatever the fuck we want, right? But you surround yourself with these people and you wonder why we weren't wind up in a world where we're like, why is everything so fucked up? Look how perfect we are. Well, yeah, because you're like... Send another goose into the air. <laughs> well, I mean, we still use clay pigeons because, look, <laughs> keeping livestock around it's not economical. <laughs> Unless you're you're making pate. Goose liver pate? I'm all for it. Uh, no, I'm not. It's, it's gross <laughs> factory farming bullshit. Pate is hey,
0: gross as a whole. <laughs> I've had it. It's, I get the appeal. It's, you have it's, the
1: palate for it. No. no I <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It, you're going to love this analogy. It's rich people bologna. <laughs> Take the consistency of like six slabs of bologna, right? Cut it, and it's the exact kind of paté ish consistency.
0: So is it good with mustard? Or I guess. Oh yeah. Dijon? Oh, oh, oh god. Yeah.
1: It's phenomenal. <laughs> bologna? Yeah. No. Uh, the paté? Oh yeah. No. Have it with the dill pickle. It's great. <laughs> oh, oh wow. <clears throat> uh, there's a place in San Juan Capistrano. I'll send you to. They got great paté. Um, mm-hmm. anyway. Even though I just rallied against Pat Tate. that's way to be a hypocrite, Arden. I'm sorry. No, Look, but it's the truth. It is the truth. It's just once so you've tasted nice. the good life, you're like, how do I get back to that? Oh, you shit! Shouldn't. You got it's the hard work. It's the uh, well, whole I'm like doing it. Yeah, you know, that's.
0: But on what side of the like business, like corporate? Again, yeah. The only reason I can't have a corporate job is because of what I do, and oh, if yeah. like I went back to corporate job. I know the culture, zip it up, yeah, button it down. you yeah. you clean it up. Yeah. done.
1: But that was the thing. And San Francisco is a little more liberal right in terms of the job, especially in apps, right? Because everyone's young and hip and
0: marketing, too. Yeah. I mean,
1: and and so, oh, I, I brought you know my la- the last people I worked with, and uh, they're all fantastic. They're wonderful people, and they're on to much better things. Uh, some stay in that place, and uh, you know it, it was, look, everybody there was great it was me. It was, I didn't fit in the corporate square peg hole thing anymore. And it,
0: the scary thing is I did. Yeah, And, and I, I'm really good at it.
1: But what, what <laughs> they hap- were crying when I left. I felt so, I still feel guilty oh. for leaving. No, but... I, I, I was kind of like, a, okay, let him not back in the doors when he comes back. Cause I cracked up. Oh. Uh, so what happened was I had a crisis of identity. It, it was, I'm really thinking about it. And, I couldn't be corporate marketing man anymore when I had awoken the sleeping giant that was comedy. I had started doing open mics about a year before I cracked up when I look at the timeline. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, after a year, I couldn't handle it. I I wanted to chase the dream and I couldn't live the corporate nightmare anymore. What for me was a corporate nightmare. It was a wonderful, like, I was was. was pulling down six figures. I was not hurting, right? (laughs) And even though that's barely livable in San Francisco, I was I was cushy to the point where I fell into a nice depression and I figured out a way to very piss... mo- melancholy. Yeah, I, I, I figured out a way to piss away 20 grand in like three months. Uh, yeah. Again, if, when you're depressed, you find ways to hurt yourself personally, financially, whatever. It oh, is.
0: sure. Totally. I mean, you drink it away. Oh, and yeah. You do... yeah.
1: Uh, it was, and for me, it was more of a like, how could I it poorly invest this money and, and what could I spend it on? That was stupid. Uh, and also when you're not working, that money does go quick in terms of, you know, if, if you're just paying your rent, that's two grand a month right there. Right. And so it's six grand within three months. Right. And that's already, a, you know, not quite a third of the total budget. Right? right. So you find a way to lose the rest of it. So what I'm saying is it, for the people that are judging me right now for losing, you know, money for just being sad, uh, it, it's, when you, when it's you, a real thing it's and real it's thing. an illness. And <laughs> it's an illness. You can't help it. But also, when you reach a certain socioeconomic level in terms of I'm making X amount of money, your lifestyle kind of naturally adjusts to that level where you're not making that cushion anymore. You're, you're, you've brought your cost of living up to that level. Right. Right? So you're not living the 40 grand a year lifestyle anymore when you're making six grand, uh, mm-hmm. six figures. You're living a six figure lifestyle, which costs six figures to maintain. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: You're that's that that's the middle class working right. though. I yeah. mean, that's all about savings too, is something that I kick myself in the ass all mm-hmm. the time for. Like when I was in the military, they tell you all the time, mm-hmm. you're gonna join the, you know, TSP or something like that. It was a it was a savings program and I'm like, shit, I should have done you know, looking now I've got, you know, my little stocks and stuff. Oh, yeah. But it would it could have been, you know, ten years what? ago looking Dude. back, I'm like Oh my god. Like it's but you got to be patient. You got to yeah. know what you're doing, you know. And you got to
1: be you've got You got to
0: want to. You've got to <laughs> want it because
1: you have to be diligent. Right? Yeah. I found more ways to piss away money, you know. I I was a gambler. I was, you know, a big drinker. Uh, and I just enjoyed nice things, right? And so I found ways to waste tons of money every month where it was like, "Oh yeah, sure I pulled in 5 grand this month." It after tax. Uh, but I found a way to, through, you know, a third of it going away in rent and then just, you know, eating out fancy dinners, drinking a lot, partying it up, you know. Because
0: I think the whole idea is it's expensive to maintain this idea yeah. of a place. And yeah. that's why, uh, uh, like, it, it's just all the places are all the cities are like they are, yeah. you know, and how expensive. And you know.
1: but what happens is with, you know, where I'm at in my life right now. Uh, I've readjusted to reality, which is, you know, I don't have money in the bank anymore. I, I'm living in a debt economy. All right. A, Amex is at my throat. Uh, and I've I'm not I'm not happy with any of that. Right, But I've also lived how to kind of lived. Uh, yay, weed. Uh, <laughs> I figured out how to kind of adjust to it and be like, OK, this is my reality. I'm working my way out of it. It's a slow grind. It's gonna suck because I'm not getting six figure job money anymore. I'm getting piecemeal, you know, freelance stuff when I can. Which you, can... you don't. Don't you ever feel like you got to that space because maybe you kind of take it for granted that oh, I could
0: always jump back in. I could always go and, and do you. Ca- you can't go you back. Can once
1: w- look. I had a therapist tell me that I I would be dead by thirty five if I stayed in the job another year right uh because the stress the drinking all the time everything was just taking its toll and you know that's why i cracked up and uh it was all to deal with the my reality which was i'm not doing the thing i want to be doing and also marketing does not shut off there's no <laughs> there's no off switch on that career like that is your whole life and i was trying to rock climb i was trying to do all these things that, you know i've got a lot of interests and you can't, because marketing has to be what you eat, breathe, and sleep, you know and but shit rolls downhill, whoop, uh sorry, I'm Italian, I speak with my hands, i'm half <laughs> half uh, I, we have to I, why is it that in a world of post labels we have to label ourselves so much
0: um that's why I make fun of it now,
1: yeah, no <laughs> it, it's pure hypocrisy, it's hilarious anyway uh so. Where was I? Oh, shit rolls downhill. Yeah. So when you get to a certain level in marketing advertising, the CMO position, you can break. You can walk out the door. Right? You you can say... Yeah, but look at the title. Yeah. Right? You got to get all the way to the top of the heap. So I was climbing my way up. And when I cracked up, it was... I had hit director. I had been laid off because... Uh, just reasons. Uh... And then I got another job in marketing making more money. So that was thumbs up uh, because uh, my thing was I was always chasing more money and more title. All right. Be more important and make more money. Uh, And so I had gotten an offer to make the money I wanted. But they were like, look, I don't know why you want this job. This is performance marketing. It's user acquisition. Uh, So that means that you're constantly being judged on metrics If you don't hit those numbers, you don't make your bonuses, and you also get yelled at constantly. Uh, And uh, you're responsible at the end of the day, right? There's there's a lot of pressure to perform, and that job doesn't shut off. If there's a problem at 3 a.m., there's a problem at 3 a.m. You're on it, right? Uh, right. And so as a person who suffers from terrible anxiety, uh, that's a good way to keep me up at night, right? Hence the binge drinking to just go to sleep, Uh, so blacking out on a nightly basis was a usual thing uh, so I was like you know but sign me up because I'm good at this stuff mm-hmm. Right? I know the math I'm rock solid and they wouldn't have hired me if I wasn't Right? right. but the, the the VP sat me down
0: and had the confidence to get in on it yeah. and do with the job yeah. yeah
1: but the VP sat me down he's like you don't want this job I know you mm-hmm. say you do but you don't want this job. like I he's know he's calling what it you makes. out it, no he, he just he saw something right it was more of a like look also this is a young person's game right because uh, we were co-ed team we had actually uh we skewed female i think uh, by the time i was out mm-hmm. um and uh it, it was awesome because being led by women on that team like they have a patience for stuff whereas men are like let's just get through and get this done They'll be like, no, let's check. Why doesn't that look right? They have an intuition about it, which cannot be matched. Right. There's a reason why. When you look at marketing right now, it's a lot of women. It's a lot of... I mean, it's still dominated by men because of the old boys club you sure. know, we've been doing for so long. Uh, but it's shifting. It's shifting radically. Um, and you know, a lot of female-run agencies uh, and becoming more and more prominent. Uh, so, anyway long way of saying uh i took a step back in terms of title and everything actually two steps probably uh yeah two steps and but i was like whatever i'll do what i always do grind this out for a year get another company show my history and they'll take me back as director level or more you know who knows because i've learned all these new skills at this new company right But the thing was, by the time I got to starting to think about that, the thought of thinking about that was like, ugh. And then the thought of coming into work every day was like, ugh. (laughs) Because I was, you know, every day I was pretty much walking into a minefield of, it was a startup, so things didn't work right most of the time, right? By default, there is always a problem, and it had to be solved, and it was a fire, and you had to put it out. So... Uh, and that comes a lot from the data measurement side, which is why again, I make the jokes about like what do you want the data to say? because ninety percent of the time it's not accurate uh so uh and that's nobody's fault. It's the industry's fault it's the it's a lot of just moving ahead of, it, it's running before you're crawling, right? It's like we have to be there because the investors say so. The investors want numbers, they want metrics because that's how their world works even if those numbers and metrics are unfounded, all
2: right?
1: uh, And I'm not saying this was happening where I was or anything, like, you know, I'm not doing shit. Uh, please don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no money to take. <laughs> but it's, it's just endemic of the industry as a whole that everybody's pushing for profits. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pushing to, you know, get the gold star at the end of the week for the report card. Uh,
0: Why can't that be translated into what we do then?
1: Well, it can. Uh, well, I think, you know, so I'm a little sideways on my own thought logic here. So <laughs> corporate structure is very structured, right? There's a ladder you climb, you do certain things, blah, 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 blah. It's all measured. Mm-hmm. Okay. Comedy can be measured, okay? But it's not helpful. Uh, there, there's the thought of last per minute. Right and people trying to get yeah yeah you said gross okay that's my knee jerk reaction too but I've read on it you know and it's you're trying to hit uh, I think it's fifteen laughs per minute where you know like everything you're saying is pretty much funny uh, or every action there's no wasted energy Mm -hmm. right because you're trying to get the late night spot that was Mm -hmm. that that's where this comes from is when comedy was on TV and all it was was a late night spot of you get your five minutes or if that to do your set on Carson and then hope to god he calls the other to catch right uh so it be- and it became this thought of last per minute so you know it, that's how you got booked was you could hit last per minute and blah 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 and have a tight five and uh so, so they invented
0: the science they, inv-
1: they because it, it is comedy runs on corporate dollars whether we like to agree with that or not because NBC, Universal, Disney, all the companies out there that we're all pitching to every day. Also, I ju-
0: sell beer on every Tuesdays. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it's still those corporate guys. So
1: it's that corporate mentality of how do we measure success? All right. How how do we judge if a show's doing well? We call up Nielsen to get the ratings, and that's a whole nother role I will not get into. Uh, but. You know, they need to be able to quantify stuff because they have shareholders, right? right. And they can only judge this, the health of the company by numbers, right? So you have to figure out ways to quantify shit. And you can quantify comedy, but it's counterintuitive to the nature of comedy, which is to rebel against conformity.
0: Right, exactly. That's. But then you still feel guilty <laughs> because you were so good at the conformed idea Yes. Of your professions that well, you've that's, chosen. That's why Because you're right with nur- like with marketing, always yeah. 24 hours. Nursing was the same way any medicine job I ever had. Literally had a beeper through like 15 years, 10 years of my life. Yeah. Like insane. And always being there. Mm-hmm. And like the stress of it all. And not being able to see everything. But that's... It had to be done that way.
1: Yeah. And it's just the nature of the beast, right? Yeah. But that's why my comedy, a lot of it stems from... Me rebelling against that. Not in a burn it all down. Da- like, I joke about burn it all down, but... Eat the rich! Yeah. But here's the thing. I suck at the corporate tea. I, I am the pl- at the pleasure of the service of the whatever. And it's it's because, at the end of the day, I understand you need to be able to sell advertising on the product, which is your comedy. Right? right. My comedy right now is based a lot in, you know being funny about the apocalypse, being funny about corporate America, because that's what is in the zeitgeist right now. I, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure of it. And I know everybody is too. So let's all just laugh about it for a minute, you know, alleviate the pressure. But commercially, I'm into the cannabis industry. That's where I want to be. And the thing about cannabis is cannabis is trying to find its feet in marketing, they don't know how to market themselves yet because they've been so behind the scenes for so long. They've been underground, right? It's always Well, and
0: also the corporate takeover of small mom and pop growers and stuff of up and down the but coasts.
1: Here's the thing. When it comes to the marketing and advertising of cannabis, they leave that to the small companies and people to figure out and medmen's and you know Uh, the individual brands. Yeah, what is that one
0: nice one with the goat on it? Oh, yeah. uh, um, They make the little singles.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I can't remember. Those are like my favorite. They're not paying me, so whatever. (laughs) I know, whatever. You can pay me, please pay (laughs) me. Uh, But uh, until you do so, I won't rack my brain that hard. Yeah.
0: Right, because even when you say it, like you said before, yeah. if you if you hate them, why would you bring the name up? Because yeah. now you're just giving them more pa- yeah. smart. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So,
1: <laughs> but I don't hate anybody. That's my thing. I, I'm I'm an equal <laughs> opportunity offender for the most part, unless you're doing something that is truly egregious. All right, my I guess yeah, I'm very much my the same. thing about cannabis is if it's done right, it's sustainable, mm-hmm. it's viable, it's bene- net beneficial, it's not a harm or ill on society. You know, uh, it's not Reefer Madness anymore, people. But the problem is we're still living in a Reefer Madness kind of psychology with it.
0: Post-world?
1: Yeah, where the way that cannabis brands are thinking of marketing themselves is the way that a cannabis brand that was just coming out of the black market would think to market itself, right? Which is pictures of flower concentrate, you know, just and people doing huge bong reps or whatever and my pitch to cannabis if you're listening uh is we need to grow up and by that i'm not being you know downplaying that there is a a a market segment that is perfect for that but if you want to hit the market segment that's not going to rely on black market weed because going to dispensary is too expensive you got to do suit uh, suit and tie button down people you got to start talking to middle america you got to start talking to people who have disposable incomes but don't want to be Cheech and Chong smokers, all right? They want to unwind with their corporate friends in the country club and you know play around a nine, uh, so they don't want to be you know rasta hat wearing stoners, all right? So my thing is
0: the uh, wine of weed. <laughs>
1: exactly. There is actually there is a fabulous <laughs> sketch on that. I can't remember who did that, where they essentially have a fancy wine bar uh, restaurant but it's cannabis Oh nice. and they're ordering. And then a couple of drunks walk in and everyone reacts <laughs> like stoners would walk into a wine bar. It's hysterical. Go <laughs> Google it. You'll find it in a minute. Uh, but my thing is, look, I am former suit and tie button down stoner. Like I understand how to bridge the gap. I wear the long hair. I've got the Jesus beard. But (laughs) it's mostly because I can't figure out what to do anymore. (laughs) Uh, Depression, people. It sucks. Uh, In terms of making personal decisions. But I'm good for other people. And what I can do is figure out what's the message you want to convey, right? You know, and what's the tone of it? Because – a lot of the problem with cannabis How do you
0: find tone? That's actually I we've I, we've like people. uh I've been told that a lot is like it's like story but also message and tone, but I never understand what tone so it's like buzzy or not but like no, it's smooth more, like what is a tone? It's more
1: about? of a look. Life is hard. All right? You've got all sorts of responsibilities all day. And cannabis lets you unwind. All right? So let's take a break, you know, let's, let's pause on life, right? Let's take a step back and enjoy the people and the things that we care about, right? Let's come together and just take a moment for ourselves. That's what cannabis is to a lot of people, right? It's not anything more than that. It's not anything less, right? And you can do that at a concert. You can do that before a movie. You can do that just hang out with your friends in the backyard, right? Um, and that's the type of tone that you have to get across, which is just. This Ladies
0: is and so gentlemen, cool. the Arden Cigarillo <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Good, but, so that's tone. That's yeah, it's 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 and key. message too. Exactly, it's it's look, we're all selling the same thing at the end of the day, which is a break. <laughs> Because what are the biggest indica- uh, medical uh, approved uses for cannabis? Uh, depression, uh, anxiety, uh, all sorts of aches and pains and ailments, right? all the negative parts of life, right? all the negative feelings that we feel all the time that a lot of people turn to boost or some other drug to get away from. Right? But the problem is a lot of those have net negative benefits. Right. Oh yeah. It's short. You'll get life, fatty livers, short lifespan, you know, uh, chronic dependency, all sorts of problems.
0: And, and quickly too. And,
1: and quickly. Right. Cannabis mm. has some of that. I'm not going to say it doesn't. I mean, you know? you're
0: combusting hot air yeah, into your I, sensitive little lungs. Like I know. And, yeah.
1: but that's the thing. It's, uh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, remind me on education. Uh, <laughs> but it's, the net negative benefit, as far as the research to date, has shown, as I have read it, right, and I've read a fair amount of it, uh, it's net beneficial. Uh, you're seeing reduced incidence of drunk driving in Colorado. All right? uh, oh, sick. You know, they may be getting more impaired drivers uh, in terms of – but they're actually – But there's
0: only going 10 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, well,
1: actually, what they're finding is a lot more painkiller people's. People oh, were impaired because of, yeah. you know, those sorts of things. So it, it's one of those things where... It, it uncovered something else. Uh-huh. So, and you find that, you know, this is part of why Big liquors behind uh, some of the anti-cannabis message is... Or they're at least trying to get in bed with cannabis as fast as possible... Is that uh, there's a reduced con- beer? There's a lot of them. No, it's common. I, I, I had some of it up in San Francisco. It was a hops infused uh, seltzer water uh, that had five uh, percent THC in it, Ooh. and I called it the natty light of edibles because you got to drink like at least five of them to get a buzz uh, as someone with a tolerance. Thank you. I do comedy. I'm bookable. Ardencomedy.com. A-R-D-I-N comedy.com. But they're seeing less consumption of alcohol Mm -hmm. across the board as cannabis is becoming more and more legalized. They're losing market share to a product that they have no, like, they're behind the times on. They're trying to play catch up.
0: Well, it was the they had their Prohibition and this is the end of their you So so
1: what I'm saying is "Is this becoming normalized, this is becoming the new normal. People are gonna consume cannabis, but they don't want the stigma of cannabis as it has been portrayed to date. They want to be thought of as classy stoners. And in fact
0: I'm a classy stoner. In fact,
1: as I think of that, there are actually some luxury uh Luxurious people, in terms of they live the luxurious lifestyle, who consume cannabis on Instagram on a regular basis, right? And it's like those are influencers for cannabis. Uh, So, you know, cannabis is getting some of that. They're figuring how to do that out. But the crafting a message, commercializing.
0: Well, I always credit, and I will say, because I've said it a million times, is... uh,
1: Mm, doo, 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 doo.
0: Uh Doug Benson show, yeah. uh that's what gave You're me the Doug courage just to and it wasn't even him. It was yeah. his first episode with uh the girl from uh dang it it's Kai Buzzhead. Head. Uh oh, that's okay. uh She was on SNL. Oh. She was um anyway, she smoked yeah. too on it and she was like then they got all paranoid. They're oh, like yeah. this big film. I'm like, Cool, yeah. I wanna do that. <laughs> it gave me the courage to be like Every, it's not a thing and yeah. like even I was already like oh, I've been a smoker my whole life but like
1: yeah. it, it's. but, but, but to it's,
0: record and have entertainment I, involved this, with it
1: so my thing is I created a game show that was one of the things so I've been trying to pilot a whole bunch of ideas around and one of them I actually got made was a game show called Dabs for Dollars and it's where people do dabs of marijuana concentrate uh, I got it to define it for uh, the non do you
0: know there. Michelle March
1: uh, the name she, is very familiar? She
0: may, she was talking about a show like that. did I have her on it. Oh my God, I, I love oh. this small comedy world. Anyways yeah, go pl-
1: on. please introduce us. Yes, yeah, she's yeah, great. I, I need to meet more people. I, I've been a lot uh, close in my old little world for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens during creative process. But anyway, I created this game show and the idea was normalize cannabis for like middle America. Right? And what does middle America love? They love game shows. So, I'm creating a game show, and it's a mix of Jeopardy and Price is Right. So, it's got. I love them both. Exactly. All (laughs) right. What's not to love? So, there are three rounds of trivia, five questions each round. Whoever has the most amount of points at the end of each round, nothing happens. Person who has the least amount of points, they have to do a dab. (laughs) If there's a tie, everybody (laughs) Everybody dabs. (laughs) uh and then at the end of three rounds whoever has the least amount of points does a dab and goes home because they're a big old loser (laughs) and the winner does a dab and goes on to the bonus round where you actually win the prize whatever it was provided by the sponsor uh and uh you've got to play a price is right but more carnival game-esque uh game where
0: like ring toss no
1: it's more well there was a toss a ping pong ball in in cups thing okay. uh, you know my version of uh stone beirut <laughs> uh a beer pong for people who uh, get it wrong uh, long story it has to do with east coast college really <laughs> crap uh, why we call it different things uh but anyway throw a ping pong ball in a cup from a distance away and it was almost impossible and you had to make all three shots so you weren't winning this prize uh so the carnival part comes from everything was kind of rigged against you in terms of the odds were against you. I had a, a word... Well, they're doing dibs! Yeah, and they like one, they had to do a giant word search, but I multicolored the whole board, so it was hard to figure out what the fuck was going on. Uh, one, they, uh, the best one, and unfortunately, if you're asking to see footage of all this, I've got to still get it back from my producer. Um, it, long story. I uh, won't get into it. Uh, but... Uh, The best one was a Where's Waldo that was a giant sea of faces, and you had to find my face in it. Yeah. Yeah yeah and the does per- that
0: is that where the, where your head kind of uh, vector comes from yeah use it? It, it, so- I use that in I think I use that exact <laughs> one in the game show too uh, that's what your hair needs you you just need a fair faucet it you oh, gotta get a little yeah. trim Yeah, I, I,
1: I need to uh, if oh, look if there's someone listening who is a hairdresser who does men's hair and beards and uh, wants to do some charity because I have no money, uh, I will be happy to do promotional photos, Instagram, whatever you need to get me a haircut.
0: I will send nudes (laughs) to get Art in a haircut.
1: (laughs) Look, my body is not in nude shape right now. It's in anorexic depression body shape. Okay, That's why I've been eating all these tuna sandwiches you feed me so hungrily because it's the only thing I eat probably all day, if not all week. (laughs) Oh, um,
0: you have to eat at least like citrus and uh, vegetables because of the nutrients oh, yeah. of the vitamins.
1: I, there, there's um, so I uh, I'm a good anorexic. I make sure I get bare essential vitamins and stuff. But um, it's funny because I wanted to create a game show based on my own eating habits, which no. is how well is Arden doing? No. and the way you play is it, it's t- kind of like um. Well, what's the Iron Chef where there's a secret ingredient right, or Top Chef where they open up a basket of ingredients you know, you got to work with what you got? Mm-hmm. It, but instead of that making a meal, it's you open up a basket of food items and you judge how well Arden's doing based on them, right? So if it's like a, you open up and it's hummus and pita and like vegetables and all sorts of good things, Arden's doing all right, all right? <laughs> but you open up and it's just like ice cream and Oreos aren't you doing okay?
0: Oh, sad. Yeah. Oh, you're like one of those stress eaters too.
1: Oh, it's more of a, I kind of shut down when I'm under too much pressure and the depression and anxiety are too bad. And so it's just jamming calories at that point.
0: This, I, I will not eat if I take any sort of like Adderall or like, a, yeah, like something like that. The yeah. stimulant, I can't, I get, uh, I become like unhungry for days. Yeah, and it's I... because
1: it shuts down the, uh, the food pleasure center of your brain and it overrides it with the drug part. Insanity. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I'm never hungry, and then I I feel sick, and then I wake up nauseated because I didn't eat anything. Yeah. yeah, so oh. you have to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get no, back you on. Eat. I'm sorry to hear that, but you got
1: this. No, 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 no. no. We're we're all. I'll, I'll deliver you journey.
0: all the tuna sandwiches you want.
2: Oh, you. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, we're all on a personal journey out here. It, it, you know, the thing about having mental illness is once you destigmatize your own mental illness, where you say, okay. This is what my problem is, right? The, or not your problem. I don't want to say it in a negative way, but this, this is what you're dealing with, right? This is how your normal is going to look. Yeah. All right. You're going to have depressive episodes. You're going to have anxiety. The two are cyclical and they feed each other. And this is how you're going to have to cope, right? And get therapy and get a good support system and everything you need, right? Uh, once you come to terms with that, And you start talking with other people, the more you find other people are dealing with this, right? It's about ten percent of the population is dealing with some form of this, at least some form of mental illness.
0: Well, that's ninety percent in LA. (laughs) Yeah,
1: depends on your population center. Uh, So, so you're you're always gonna be touched by this in some way, shape, or form, right? So if you can find support and other people who understand you and comedy. It's 99% people who have mental illness and 1% some nice person who walked in trying stand-up comedy for the first time. right? right? Who's never going to do it again. But the rest (laughs) of us, we're all screwed. I'm sorry. Once you get bit by this bug, it's not letting go. And uh, you're just going to have to ride it and (laughs) and figure out where and how it fits (laughs) into your life or if it becomes your life.
0: And what you take from your life and put into it if you yes. do decide to do it.
1: Yes. That's the one complaint a lot of people have when uh, you see people out here. And I got to apologize to someone. Unfortunately, I don't know their name. I ripped them a new one on an open mic. It, it was one of those things where they got up and they did five minutes and nothing. And then I gave them shit for not being interesting enough. Uh, Right. Because, you know, I was like, get a hobby, paint a picture, do something, (laughs) have something to talk about because I'm suicidal and you're making me want to kill myself. And that's not fair. Uh, That was a joke, but I'm not actually suicidal. I'm okay. Uh, uh, Landon can attest. Am I okay? I think you're pretty good, uh, but right. you've done it before. Yeah, the but 5150. Yeah, 5150, is not a fun way to go. <laughs> For those who don't know, it's being held involuntarily against your will in a 72 hour psychiatric hole.
0: Speaking of which, I just heard the Marie Bamford special came out. Sorry, oh, sidebar Oh, yes, we have to check that we'll out. We'll have to check that yeah, out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, we love her. She's actually part of the reason why I knew about the process of mm-hmm. 5150 before I got 5150. Mm hmm. I'm 36, this is the first time that has happened to me. Um, hopefully the last, but, you know, it's a journey. Uh, <laughs> but it was her story in a therapy magazine that was in my doctor's waiting room in, back in San Francisco. And it was her story the first time she got 5150 by her friends and family because they worried about her. She was having a manic spell. And uh, if I'm screwing this story up, Maria, you please punch me in the face the next time you <laughs> see me because it'll be the most possibly catch viral thing that can happen to me okay? <laughs> so you're just gonna help my career thank you I love you though I love you dearly because it helped me it gave me strength to know okay somebody else has been through this this is what they went through it did not end their career it did not end them professionally or personally everyone understood and they just carried on with their lives but they got the support and the help they needed exactly mm-hmm. so that's what I tried to take it out of my own experiences look this was hitting pause and saying you need help you seriously you, you can't continue living the way you were living Because it led to this, right? And if you don't want to ever get back here, we got to make some fundamental changes, right? So now I'm on meds, right? So I'm on Lexapro uh, to help with my depression and anxiety. Unfortunately for me, it seems to only help the depression. Uh, The anxiety is still a pain in the ass. But in terms of the depression, it doesn't alleviate it. It just makes it not get to the same dark, 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 dark place. Okay? Well,
0: thank you for leaving your place to come to my place. Oh, God, That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah that, no. that, that alone, getting out of bed. I oh. forget that those memes actually mean something to a lot of people. Well, my <laughs> thing
1: is I'm a functional depressive most of the time, where I'll get out, I'll go to work, I do the things I have to do, but, oh, man, if you heard the soundtrack that plays in my head, you'd be like, no one should talk to themselves. Like that. <laughs> oh, Holy right. Crap, yeah. Right? No, negative um, self-talk. Yeah. And then when it led to the, the uh, situation that got me 5150, which was, uh, just being frank, uh, me beating the shit out of myself. Uh, the best analogy is fight clubbing myself because I can show you pictures, uh, not of that time, but previous times, uh, where I literally punched myself, not in the face because I try and not make it visible, uh, internal pain. Uh, but all over my body, I leave terrible hematomas and contusions. Uh, and I'm a bleeder. That's a problem. Like, I can't be doing this. And then it got so bad, I was hitting myself with my belt. Uh, and so that's when my roommate, thankfully, called the cops. Uh, and they showed up and said, Mr. And they'll say my last name. But I th- there's a reason I never use it. And it's because I, I just don't feel it. It's not I like Arden. I like just that. So no one calls me by my last name except for authority figures and my family. And uh, this happened to be authority figures <laughs> with a beanbag shotgun pointed at me. And I was like, oh, this is time to put down my phone and carefully put my hands ahead of my, above my head and step out of the chair and walk backwards towards Where it. were you at? I was outside on the uh, porch where I live out on the patio or patio, Somebody whatever.
0: had called on you? It was my
1: roommate because uh. he, had, he had heard what I was doing to myself in the bathroom and he couldn't figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. So he called the cops. Uh, which was the best thing. right? Because, you know, look, if you can't handle a situation, get an authority figure involved. right? Uh, but tell them ahead of time what's going on so bad things don't happen. Fortunately, in L.A., they deal with a lot of this. So they kind of have a checklist to go through where it was very calm, very, could you, you know, walk over here? We're putting you in handcuffs for your own safety. They just want to check a few things. So uh, I wound up going in. Uh, and... That was the first time I finally agreed to go on Mint because I fought it for so long. I'd been on. The Why m- did you fight it for so long? I was on Prozac at 16. And look, when you're a hormonal teenager and they pump you full of, you know, any sort of mood altering drug. Oh, or-
0: totally. Yeah,
1: it's not fun times.
0: A lot of my friends growing up, and I didn't even know. We yeah. didn't talk about this growing up. They were always ashamed. Yeah,
1: it, my, my prescription was in my father's name. Because he never oh. wanted it on my record that someone's keeping some permanent record on really my like though. I'm in high school for the rest of my life. <laughs> it, that's a baby boomer generation. It's a lot of it
2: is,
1: and because frankly, governments when they turn against their people, shit like that does happen. So <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I took that stuff. It did not pulled. Happen. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Politas. Please give me money. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'll work for it. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not asking for a Hannah, I'm asking for, make, jobs. Me, make me useful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> useful. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so at 16, it wasn't the right drug for me. And, you know, I, I just kind of coped. And I had therapy, which was what I really needed to talk through what had happened. Uh, and so, uh, but it was kind of this, okay, you're all better now. Go, You're off the drugs. Goodbye. All right. And that's the way I kind of thought was, oh, I should be fine now. Like nothing's ever wrong again. What wasn't explained to me until now is uh, – and it, it – not in these ways. But it, it had been. I understood that I was going to be depressed for life after I cracked up in uh, the corporate world all right? because at that point I have been self-medicating with booze so much I wasn't realizing I was depressed. I was just sad or drunk. Uh, it, it, the depression and part. not
0: finding help and not yeah. getting any support. And, and
1: also, I was a fun drunk. I w- there's a reason why <laughs> I'm be- really good at being drunk. Oh, dude, I was the <laughs> king of being drunk. Ask any of my fraternity brothers. <laughs> right, the millions of women that are very upset with me right now. Oh, no. Uh not millions but at least 50 i think <laughs> uh i'm not bragging this is not like this is not me being happy about it i just i just want to not be lonely anymore right uh, and so I no more tinder I, I'll, I'll, yeah so okcupid was my drug of choice because if you send out the message hey i'm arden how'd you like to grab a drink sometime mm-hmm. uh enough times you're gonna have drinks every night of the week all right and sometimes a couple times a night and uh If you're, you know, halfway decent looking and and have a personality and a job in New York City, uh, you got your pick of the litter. So, you know, if you run the numbers, that's, let's assume I had just two dates a week. All right. That's 50 dates a year. All right. And let's assume I only slept with 10% of that. All right. That's five people. But, you know, I was kind of running that MO for like 10 years. (laughs) So, you know, it adds up.
0: But none of them ever lasted.
1: No, because you know I'm I'm not because
0: uh, it was undiagnosed.
1: Yeah, it was me just filling a hole. Yeah, not not nada. Perempt rim shot. Uh, I did. (laughs) I'm a comedian. It just comes out. Uh, That's what she said. Oh oh, gosh. I'm getting, I'm getting canceled. I'm getting canceled. Somebody, <laughs> if anybody's actually following my Twitter, go ahead and cancel me. Roxanne, cancel him.
0: You're fired. Um, but yeah, the, the, nobody's slut shaming anybody.
1: No, well, especially now. But you know, I, I still maintain puritanical ideals. <laughs> not, it's a joke, but
2: it's a holdover
1: <laughs> from growing up. Kind of like you're supposed to settle down, have kids, blah blah blah.
0: I mean, it's a good idea, Uh, but tax
1: wise. Yeah, sure.
0: I Uh, mean, but you can still separate your taxes if one makes more or less than the other.
1: Well, no, but it's about there is net benefit to being married in terms of uh, uh, you get tax breaks. And if you have kids, there are more incentives. And like if you know how to run the system, it's beautiful stuff to get married. Um,
0: I'm so stupid. Marrying for love. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Ugh, aren't we all? Such deal? But you're you lucked out because you married for money too.
0: <laughs> that was a worker. That's been it's been ten years now. Good God.
1: Yeah, but he had potential. He had upside potential.
0: But that's what I was looking for.
1: Mm-hmm. I you
0: couldn't tell the future. Like when people talk about like finding your romantic, how'd you find Dimitri? How'd you find him? Yeah. Uh, Grinder. Yeah. But the fact that we went on that date and I met him at that bar and he was one of the only dudes in L.A. Yeah. that just like our first date, I got completely smashed and he took me to go get me some food and then brought me back uh, to my car. <laughs> and then oh, it was God. like, and then it was very jet. He was the most jet. All the other boys were either insecure or they were like jittery or they just totally did not want anything to do with me. And they were like, why the fuck that? And then just in blatantly, cause boys are mean or yeah. they'll just walk away. He, and we even argued like there was, there was a lot of like bad, but good at the same oh, time in it that made it work. But again, like, I wasn't looking either. Yeah, I was just doing, you know. Eh, let's go fuck around. Let's go see.
1: My thing right now is I'm, I'm looking because I'm lonely. It's just you know, it, it's. Human. There's nothing wrong with. That. Oh no, yeah. and, and it's human nature, right? It's part of we're social creatures by design, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't mate and continue on the bloodline, right, right, right. Uh, I have no interest in mating in terms of continuing on a bloodline, but I'd love to have sexual intercourse at some point. (laughs) It's been two years. Uh, I joke about that, but it's like, it is a thing, right? Where uh, chemically, we're just wired this way where you're supposed to be having some sort of intimate relation with somebody at some point, you know, uh, on a semi-regular basis. Uh, At least that's my thought on it. But uh, it's healthy, let's say that. Um, but it's also, I'm just trying to figure out what my new normal is, all right? Because I was so depressed and so screwed up for so long, right? Where I'm having these unhealthy relationships that only last a short amount of time. And I'm taking this opportunity to apologize to any of the women I dated and I treated poorly. Like, I was a piece of shit. Like, I know this. And, you know, it's not to excuse my behavior. It's wrong in every sense of the word. Everything that I ever did to hurt anybody is wrong. But I, you know, I hope that, you take some comfort in the fact that I'm trying to be a better person, right? It's what we're all trying to do, hopefully, when we wake up every day, is just be better than we were yesterday. Uh, but now I'm trying to figure out how not be a scumbag, how to be, you know, a person on a date who's fun to be with and not a depressed mess all the time, you know? And that's hard when you're just out of the hospital and figuring yourself out. And But when you take the pressure off of yourself, and this is me just talking to myself at this point, you know, self-love... Uh, When you take the pressure off yourself and you just say, look, let's just meet some people and have some fun and talk and get to know people and you'll naturally just figure it out it'll just naturally go
0: I feel that when you're at my shows I don't sense the anxiety and everything maybe it's just because it's kind of a neutral place no
1: it's my safe space it's a place I can be myself because I'm not going to be judged by anybody that is not at my mic yeah no (laughs) and so comedy is the one and that's part of why I was having the crisis of identity is because it was the one place I felt I could be this person that I had always been but I was hiding forever (laughs) the the fun you know comedy guy the guy who I was when I was drunk right that person that was who I was trying to be all the time but because I was living this box life of this is who we were supposed to be and how you're supposed to act and all these things I never felt like I had permission to live my own life.
0: Do you ever feel like it's also just the break away from like we were yeah. talking about finding your own, you know, being this other person or this better yeah. person figure you know. Uh, that's also just part of that of this whole journey in a sense is like breaking away from the corporate idea breaking away from you know having to nine to five it or you know or finding where your creativity dries you out or where you get more inspired you know figuring yeah
1: Yeah. it's you i've been on this personal journey of self-discovery right or or rediscovery rather because you always know who you truly are that's why you have these conflicts, right? It's the internal struggle of who you're going to choose to be. Do you let yourself be who you want to be or do you just No, I get drunk and rant on the internet. Yeah, and
0: I did feel bad yeah. for him just... Free speech, landed. Like let, yeah. the, let the stupid Twitter boy say with all his Russian bot followers, say look, whatever they want. <laughs>
1: look, my thing is I, if I ever get to a point where people are honestly hating on me, I've done something right because I've made some sort of statement that people either strongly agreed with or disagreed with but made people at least stop and think all right and uh it being upsets the first part of the dialogue all right it, it it's you always lash out in anger because you're trying to protect your own point of view all right it's you're wrong you're stupid 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 I'm fucking loser uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't think of anything better than stupid. I'm trying to be a better person and stop calling oh. people names. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so I'm, good, joking, I'm joking. I'm a fucking comedian. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Uh, but no, you, look. Your first thing is to lash out and say you're wrong. Fuck you. I'm not dealing with you. You know, you, you're you're them. I'm me. It's always about the other. Right? Mm-hmm. We're always rallying against the other. You belong to that tribe. I belong to this tribe. But when we get past that. If we take time to cool off and, and look at you as not, oh, you're a member of your tribe. You're just another person, all right? And your your way of feeling is just as valid as my way of feeling. All right? I'm trying to be very enlightened right now. Uh, so let me think about where they're coming from, all right? And talk with them. The dialogue's the best part. Just continue the dialogue past the anger and the frustration to the point where it's, okay, why are you saying that? Well, I grew up this way under these circumstances with this stuff. Well, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up like this. Well, I could see how you might see things like that if you grew up that way. But look at how I grew up. It makes more sense like this. Well, that's right. And that's when we finally so- start talking about those great topic areas, right? Where it's like...
0: But you have to have a space or a place where people can feel comfortable to express that yes. that other side, that, that, the side that may not be as like a, a, a challenged or accepted in the, as the majority.
1: Yeah. It, it, the only reason we got to a civil society is we got tired of throwing rocks for long enough to actually talk at each other and, <laughs> and, and figure out our differences and how we could better work together to what benefit, right? Oh, you're really good at farming? We're good at killing animals. Let's trade. Right. Let's stop throwing rocks and let's hand each other stuff so we can both survive. It it was mutually beneficial. So we formed a society with rules and bullshit. And now we're in a new place where we're saying, okay, the old constructs got us to here, and now we're realizing that we're on the way towards the end of times, the apocalypse, whatever the hell is going to happen. Right? The glaciers collapse. Asteroid crashes into. Who the fuck knows how we're going to die? Super volcano. A nuclear war now i'm just hoping for things anyway uh,
2: <laughs> but, but
0: worrying is praying for things you don't want happen. to happen
2: <laughs> oh for me it is
1: things i want to have happen baby uh so anyway uh, the so now we're facing some very large existential crises all right and, and we're starting to say okay tribalism is not helping anymore all right we have to work for the mutual benefit of all mankind okay and that's very lofty. It's very Star Trek. It's very <laughs> Ooh, good pick though. Yeah, but old Star Trek, not new bullshit. What? I'm J. J.
0: No, no, not J. no. Uh, Film wise, different. I'm talking about TV, like no, the Next TV's Generation.
1: All shit. Uh, no, and TNG... Uh, so we have w-
0: to. We have to. This is a whole other oh, right. podcast. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. So, hold on. Let's set? You're not in my tribe right now. <laughs> set our phasers to nerd. Hold on. So look, I'm talking tng early seasons gene roddenberry episodes okay original star trek uh, the towards the end of the run where it was less boring uh <laughs> so there's a sweet spot of we're, we've perfected society to such a point when other races are uh when other aliens are racist towards each other it makes no sense to us we say well, but you're still all aliens, right? right. You know, you're, you're still all cohabitating on this rock unless you've developed space travel and you could all wipe each other out, but why not just work together and prosper? And then maybe you can join our Space Federation of Planets. Thing. One day. One day. Uh, so that's kind of the ideal where we got into a place where in uh, Star Trek land, there is no money because we're all working for the collective good. All right, so everyone's trying to be productive. So this is
0: that. your utopia. This
1: is your like. This end... is this is we'd have to drug the water utopia. Like no fucking, tomorrow. No, right fucking now. Okay, superdosa LSD mushrooms, the whole psychotropic drip. Because yeah, we'll get a bunch more schizos, but at least some politicians might calm the fuck down. I. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I I try not to be political with my comedy, but it's more of a, like, when you look at it every day, you need to vent once in a while. And this is my one time I'm letting myself vent that's not on stage, because I don't do this on stage, because I don't, I just don't want to remind people of...
0: No, that's why we love it. You do a very good job. But if you ever wanted to, you're also welcome to give it a shot. Yeah, Yeah, all the time.
1: But the thing is, to get to that place, we have to have in you know, a lot of people's views, mm-hmm. uh, some other giant crises, right? Because it's always about the other, right? So we're war two, we all aligned against the others, right? So it was their others versus our others, the axis versus the allies. Uh, so as a planet, if we were all, you know, clearly global warming ain't it because it's too slow, right? Uh, until, you know, Vietnam's underwater in the next 10 years, And a few other things happen with mass displacements of people and suddenly you can't keep borders because people are just overrunning them uh, in mass. So unless you're going to start shooting and bombing people, you know, and God forbid we get there. So unless there's some other that, you know, you want to talk aliens, we'll talk Joe Rogan aliens, right? Uh, Which I love, by the way, Joe, do every episode on aliens. I don't give a shit. I love that's why I love Joe. He asks all the weird questions that normal people would ask, all right? And then he gets experts to answer them, all right? So that's why I love what he does. Nice. You might not agree with everything he does and how he does it, but that's the... Or what he says. That Yeah, but that's the kernel of truth that I find to it where I'm like, that I can get get behind. <laughs> uh So until we have some other thing to fight against that we are all agreeant upon, that's the big thing. Not everyone agrees global warming is a problem. Like the younger generations, we're all kind of like, yeah, it's here, we're dealing with it. The older generations that are still holding the reins like crazy with the death grip, uh, they're the ones holding back progress. Right. right? Uh, You've got the Elon Musk and and private enterprise billionaire peoples that are trying to do their part. but until there's real big... But that's a
0: fluke kind of person, too, to have both the science oh, yeah. and the business sass to get all these weirdo projects off the ground to where now we're like, holy shit, we may be on Mars in 10 years. Yeah, like...
1: but like, Mars isn't our escape pod, right? It, it, no, can't...
0: but that's an inspiration oh, for yeah. what you're saying to yeah, all exactly. the other things, to be getting closer to your uh, water-drugged utopia. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and it's more of a look corporations can be for greed and for good okay you don't have to pick and choose if you're smart about it okay 3m didn't have to dump uh persistent fluorocarbons into the water streams of a whole bunch of towns and cities in middle america right uh we didn't have to have a whole bunch of the problems that we have because of short sight and just Pure greed.
0: No environmental study. No
1: environmental regulations, all that stuff. So when people talk about rolling back regulations in favor of industry, right. I think back to that. Okay. I think to the fact that you can't test a person in the planet's blood without finding Teflon in it. Okay? Uh, because we didn't understand what it, we were creating. Absolutely. And all that stuff. Um, but we can move towards a brighter tomorrow where we say, okay, if you want to be a company and do this... You have to make sure that you do all these other things, right? And maybe it. But makes, it's so expensive. Exactly, and maybe it makes the price of goods go up, but maybe we adjust society to meet it, right? Because the reason why certain people only make certain amount of money is because we dictate so, right? And you know, look at the the uh, CEO wealth disparity, right? CEO right. versus your lowest level employee. What
0: are they doing with that money? They're not even they're investing. Not, it's sitting on cash, like they could be They're act- literally
1: sitting on mountains of money. Yeah. In terms of, you know, it's all out there in the ether, but it's not helping anyone because it's not winding up in people's pockets so they can spend it to actually move the economy.
0: Well, like, interest-lived people, like, they have, like, $10 million, and they just live on interest. They don't do a thing. They just live on $10 million accruing it, even when it's dead. Yeah. The market's plummeted, still accruing interest. Yeah.
1: You're just making money on money.
0: Money on money is so gross to me.
1: But, look, it's more about the... We have a corporation. We're based in America, and we don't have any taxes here, right? Both through sweetheart deals and the fact that we keep, you know, data servers in Ireland or whatever it is to make the tax loophole work, where mm-hmm. you don't pay your tax. But if you want to talk about making America a solid country again, and being able to invest in infrastructure and stuff, you got to start bringing those taxes and paying those taxes because, you know. It's either we tax the corporation that generates the billionaire, or we directly tax the billionaire. Oh, they'll have none of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that the thing is, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Still,
0: right. That's the business and the personal. But at now the same Microsoft
1: time. is starting to finally see its social responsibility stuff. They're, they're I always
0: st- feel like they were kind of a C plus kind of company on they're, shit like they're that. They're in Seattle. They can't help it. Be yeah. yeah. I guess that's why it is. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> they're Seattle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm it's never getting people. a sponsor for anything ever again. God damn. No, oh, no. I got to no, stop saying you... names. Anyway, no, but look,
1: they want to go carbon neutral within like five years or some ridiculous plan that they've got. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, good, awesome, great. Do it and show other people it can work and be actually profitable. What, what always happens is nobody's doing this to break even, okay? Nobody's doing green stuff to break even they're doing to make a profit just like you would invest in oil you invest in something that's gonna go up and go down blah blah, blah, and you can sell it regulate it do all this shit right Mm -hmm. so everyone gets their piece uh and let me know when i gotta wrap up i can do a
0: quick quick wrap
1: um but so microsoft saw when they ran the numbers because the bean counters just like i used to be and in some ways shapes and forms figured out oh we can make money doing this right we could sell the energy back to the grid and to the power companies and then they'd be paying us instead of us paying them and then we could become an energy company and then we've got enron again uh, no uh <laughs> enron was a whole nother eh, eh, whatever um <laughs> smartest guys in the room i ask. uh but actually that is what happens we get a bunch of smart guys in the room too uh so they saw a profitability on this where they said, if we produce our own energy, we only got to pay us. All right. So more money for the shareholders means our stock goes up, means awesome for everybody. Plus, we look good. It's a PR stunt. It's everything. It's, it, it, it's a win, 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 win. Right? There's not a downside to this thing. All right? uh, and so once people look at Microsoft and say, OK, what was the P&L on it? Right? How much do they make? How much do they lose? What, where did it come in? When's the break even? Once they can quantize it mm-hmm. and say, here's the math, okay, it works for our model of company as well, right? Because not every company can do what a Microsoft can do, right? And at that scale. So everybody's got to look at the scalability. Do we just do solar on the roof, rooftop gardens, and this and that? Uh, do we just change our grid over to somebody else's grid that's got solar and wind and this and that? So it's a trickle-down effect, but it's true trickle-down economics, which is the money only stays in the corporation. It doesn't go to the individual. It, it's the same wealth holders that are still, you know, making more money to make more money for themselves. Right. But it's, and
0: couldn't the quality of all these products be brought up if they raise these wages and, yeah. you know, a- after the fact of doing all this other back-end stuff? Yeah,
1: it, it's, you know, we're getting into an area where... We're talking about creating new metamaterials, right? Stuff we've never seen before.
0: Like loot boxes.
1: I, like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> loot. That's a whole other scam I'll we'll get into another time. <laughs> never getting a sponsor again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I never wanted to loot create as a sponsor unless they give me a sweetheart deal. Uh, so, <laughs> no. Uh, so, we're getting into an area where we're dealing with the fundamental building blocks of materials at the atom level. Right? So think 3D printing at an atomic scale, right? where now we can custom design certain properties into a material that is just hypothetically possible and then make it reality. Right, So I won't get... Like yeah. the
0: Star Trek food... Pro- uh, uh,
1: yeah, not that fancy schmancy as a replicator, but replicator. in terms of designer materials that have very specialized qualities that will allow new technologies, manufacturing techniques, all sorts of things to happen that otherwise could not happen. We're heading to a future where the next product that comes out could have a form factor that's beyond anything we could think of. What's a form factor? Uh, So a phone is a form factor. It's a brick, right? It's a square rectangular thing that's got depth, depth and dimensions and it's got a rigidity to it. And that's its form factor, right? You can't make a cell phone that wraps around your arm. That's a different form factor, right? But what if that cell phone was made of metamaterials in such a fashion that it's a cell phone like this, and then you tap it to your wrist, and it forms on there because it, every component of it—it it just transforms to whatever whatever shape it is. Shape right. It is, yeah. And normally, there's circuit boards, batteries, all sorts of things that break when you try and bend them like that. Right. But with new material science, you can make. Flexible batteries. You can make flexible circuit boards. You make all sorts of things flexible. The glass can be flexible. Uh, that's why the LG Fold is coming out is because they figured. It's or the not next the step
0: Fold. closer to this.
1: Yeah. So they figured out how to make flexible displays mm-hmm. out of a quasi glass, right? That uh, won't break when you do that, all right? And has a certain amount of life cycle to it that you know you can actually display good quality image on. Mm-hmm. It's not perfected yet because you saw they tried to release the thing. And uh, all the reviewers instantly broke them. Mm. And they're like, um, so we're going to hold on that for a while? <laughs> but now, like, Razor's coming out with one. Everyone's coming out with one. Because once the science is there, the technology manufacturing is there, where we say, oh, we can actually do this. Does it make financial sense? Will the customer buy it? Yes. Then let's make the shit out of it. And everybody's in a race to perfect it beyond perfection to where theirs is the best. But you get into the, the double-edged sword of that, which is, if you make something too good, it lasts forever, and you never have to buy a new one. Planned obsolescence. So either the software has to kill it, or there has to be a manufacturer built-in defect to it that dies over time. Because you
0: still have to sell new ones. Sell new ones. Produce a business. Right. Wow. Wow, Arden, the man of business. Yeah. So I if can't you... believe you like you're just full of all of this knowledge of oh, just yeah. numbers and corporation. I. Man, you, well, really...
1: that's, you know, if If you want to uh, see a little bit of my thought process, I have a blog I haven't updated in a while, but I will be writing it. Get again. on it, yeah. It's ArdinComedy, A R D I N Comedy.com slash blog. Uh, or you can just go to the home site, ArdinComedy.com. And I talk a little bit about my philosophies on marketing and certain things. Because uh, if
0: you're doing this, I'd rather get the information from somebody who just enjoys knowing this and yeah. explaining it to people, rather than having to either pay for it in book form or right. vice versa. You know what I mean? And yeah. like getting it like. Well, yeah. I mean, I do
1: I do charge for advice and stuff like that. Well, but, duh. But uh, I yeah. mean, the blog though. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the blog is where I kind of espouse a little bit of wisdom and metaphor. Yeah, yeah, but but then if you look at me as a comedian, right? How I I look at myself as a brand, I've got an entire shop of merchandise that you can get today. Yeah, Arden. I've got coffee mugs and t-shirts. Uh, uh, they've got everything from my Wednesday wisdom sayings on them to some of the office Ducks stuff. If you're following my Instagram, art and comedy, uh, A-R-D-I-N comedy. And, uh, yeah, you can get any of that stuff today. It's available for order. Uh, and, yeah, it's fantastic stuff. It's nice. good quality. People love it.
0: Um, before we end, though, I always ask the last mm-hmm. question uh, to the guest. Uh, do you think marijuana should be nationally legalized? Yes or no?
1: Yes, uh, and in terms of going into depth on it, look, right now, the cannabis uh, industry has a huge problem. And that is in certain areas, too much supply and not enough demand. And in other areas, too much demand and not enough supply. Right? It's too new an in industry. Right, It's in its baby steps phases where it's trying to figure out how to manage all this stuff. And every state has a different problem. California's problem is it's huge prolific black market right and now it's gray market where it's like is this a black market is this le- what what did i is this a dispensary do you have a license? i don't where am i yes that's a lot of la uh san francisco it's cut and dry all right it's like no we are only zoning these in certain places so if it's not one of those places it is not supposed to be here and the cops will be here tomorrow uh i mean that happens in la too but whatever uh that's another discussion. But no. W- Uh, Washington has problems in terms of it's got too much supply right now, and the market's just not what they thought it would be. Too many farmers, too. It's just like, you know, a lot of people were uh, from the old days, and it's different stuff in different states, right? Illinois has a problem where it's got too much demand right now and not enough supply. And the thing is, you'd say, well, why can't these people just give it to each other, right? You know, Washington gives it in, and it's because in state, state lines, commerce, yeah. it's federally illegal, right? Once you cross that state line, the feds get involved, and they want their piece of the pie. You know, they, everyone wants their piece of the pie, and the government as national they They're level, taking so much of that
0: pie, though. At the national level— That's why level, we're keeping black market. <laughs>
1: they haven't figured out how to properly take their piece, right? And do it in a way that they won't lose their seats in power in the states where it's still not like totally we're not there on board yet. Because, um, yeah, it's not 100 percent of the population that's on board. Right. It's 60, 70 percent at this point. We're getting there. And know?
0: that's not even who smokes. It's just who doesn't give yeah, a yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's people who are like I don't give a shit if you're smoking dope. Just don't give it to teenagers and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because it's
0: a pretty, like, uh, a bipartisan issue, yeah, I feel. Yeah, it's
1: one of the very few bipartisan... That's why the Farm Bill passed without anybody really talking about it. Because it was hemp, right? Non-psychoactive, uh, and everybody was like, yeah, of course, sure, We should whatever. be bringing that industry in. Well, it was in. because Kentucky has a huge hemp production. Oh, and who's job. Kentucky? Mitch McConnell. All right.
0: Oh, what a dick.
1: Well, but on this, he was like, well, yeah, because my constituents are demanding or else they're going to run me out of office. And that's what we're seeing. And I'm running this country. (laughs) And that's what we're seeing. It's where the constituency is starting to say, wait, we want money too, right? Mm -hmm. And if you won't give us money anywhere else, we're going to start farming because that's how we used to do it, right? And some people farm, some people manufacture, some people produce labeling and products, and some people sell marketing services and consulting and and creative stuff like Mm -hmm. I do. All right. So uh, and the ancillary industries, weed tourism, glassware, everything, like everything around weed. entertainment, the entertainment. Weed. Look at LA. We've got the green room. We've got every mint, All these places that are doing weed comedy. right? And if you look at my game show, which is on the weed tube, right, which is just for cannabis content because YouTube keeps shutting stuff down. Right? And I'm never getting sponsorships. Uh,
0: but no. It's, Hopefully from weed one day. Yes. Weed glass made with hair. He-
1: Every, everybody, you know. Uh, but now,
0: yeah, we're kind of making our own economy too then. If yeah, like these people start gravitating towards like only weed made products, which is good for both environment, you yeah. know.
1: And But also look at the social good that comes out of weed where there's uh, different cannabis companies that I know of up in Humboldt and around San Francisco that do stuff specifically They're veterans who are doing stuff for disabled veterans, right? That's a thing I can get behind, you know? And and if you're growing the weed right and doing everything you should be and not dumping chemicals and stuff, then, yeah, I'm going to give you money because you're doing something I believe in, right? Right. So that's why I'm saying, you know, weed is a net social good as far as I've seen so far. Everybody that I've talked to in the industry, everybody's seen net upside from the legal side of it, okay? I got to put that around it. Because th- we've still got a problem with cartels and different things and illegal grows and chemical dumps and all this shit. But if we go national, now national resources can be brought to bear. We can bring federal DEA and different things. But then things. we
0: should be fighting for that process nationally being one that is organic yeah. in, to be certified yeah, by. Because that's well, what that, they're going to come up and, with. And the
1: FDA is going to step yeah. in. And then, you know, uh, look, every. Everybody wants to get involved because there's money. All right. And, you know, a government agency getting involved means they get a budget. All right. They become budgetary. Right. They're solvent. Yay. We can pay people and do things. (laughs) So there's a net good to this where we say nationally, you know what? Let's, let's knock off the prohibition era and who, uh, uh, T Toller, but no, not that. Um, uh, Oh, what was... The, uh, it was prohibition. It was the, uh, something, temperance movement, right? Let's knock it off, all right? Let, let's finally say... What is the temperance movement? The temperance was about doing, you know, living moderately, living in moderation, not drinking alcohol or gambling or sex. And, and that
0: was part of the prohibition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So let, let's knock it off. Let, let's finally say, okay, people are going to be adults and they're going to do whatever they want to do, whether they do it legally or Ill- illegally. Okay, that's just life. Okay, so with cannabis, we can all see we can all make a buck at this, mm-hmm. but we can also see that it's it's not going to cause reefer madness. It's not going to cause this net negative thing, and the education. That's what I wanted to get back to. A lot, large part of cannabis has to be education, and if brands want to talk with me about it, uh, it, it's something I stole from the pharmacist. Uh, uh, the uh, pharmaceutical marketing playbook uh, because I was in that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot of shit uh, and the way we had to market drugs is because of FDA regulations, you have to split up things. So if you want to market the drug, you have to do that in very specific ways with a lot of boilerplate and different stuff and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it should be. All right. Uh, but then In order to also talk to a consumer in a normal, rational way, you can't talk about the drug, but you can talk about the condition. You can educate them about the condition. What do you have that you would qualify to take our drug, but we won't link the two together. We'll just say, go talk to your doctor about your condition and then the doctor who we've already given all the samples and stuff to will sell you on this drug it's pharmaceutical marketing it's it's a long way of direct marketing to a customer without ever directly talking to the customer about the drug
2: Well
0: who wants to take responsibility no the <laughs> fda
1: will shut you down right right it's a whole privacy issue it's mm-hmm. about hipaa it really comes back to hipaa uh so
0: love our hipaa
1: yeah it's a fantastic thing uh so but with cannabis, it, since it's not federally legal and Instagram keeps shutting down accounts and, and Facebook does too and YouTube's a problem. They all do
0: because they're trying to be a Disney of themselves. Yes, they're trying they to be, be. But Disney's come up with their own uh, pothead like hero yeah, being. Yeah, and so everyone
1: <laughs> realizes that this is just going to be part of society, right? Moving mm-hmm. forward, we'll have to live with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's all make money off of it. Let, let's destigmatize, bring it out. And. If you want to talk to your customer base, all right, in a non Cheech and chung manner, and I'm not saying they're d- anything negative against it. I wish I was sitting on a billion dollars in cash, right? It's, they, it, they got very good at doing what they did and made a lot of money. And, and now Tommy's got his own weed line and it's just fantastic.
2: Right.
0: Uh, so. Not knocking
1: it. Not knocking anything they do. I'm just saying if you don't want to talk to your customer that way and you want to talk with me about more of the how to talk to your customer like a pharmacy, uh, uh, not a pharmacy, uh, uh, a pharma company would, all right, pharmaceutical, sorry, Uh, then I can talk through, like, how do we educate the consumer about why cannabis? Why would you choose to do this when, you know, you've heard your whole life, don't do this, you know, but why is it now okay? You know, and what are the net benefits? As far as we're legally allowed to say, you know, with FDA and everything else, you know, breathing down our necks, but what can we say now and how do we talk to our you know potential clients and patients? Because there is the medical side of this thing as well. Um, so that they'll respect our product the way we respect our product. It's about respecting yourself and then showing your customer how to respect you in kind, right? So that is a weird high thought. That's but, a yeah. good
0: profound thought, though, because, yeah, very nice. Thank you uh it's like uh they're in their growing phase of mm-hmm. becoming legal because nobody grew like you said growing up, you can't yeah you, you know you weren't supposed to do any of this, but now we're in a place where it's like okay, we kind of can, but now we can't we or can we, and we're all these stipulations, yeah. you know, of growing this whole thing. Sort of like your comedy career of mine, and it's like <laughs> there's this growth period where are like breaking away again from yeah. like being, you're not supposed to do this, and then we're doing it. Yeah, like, no, you just got to lean in and yeah. say, we're
1: going to do it, we're going to be here. And, you know, cannabis is going through an upheaval right now because the corporate interests are not getting the returns okay there's a reason why certain companies and I won't name names in the cannabis space because I do want money at some point uh, are downsizing on everything right now they're losing uh, they're cutting employees marketing budgets all sorts of stuff because everyone thought this was going to go off gangbusters when we legalize right? the reality is the black market held and they didn't convert enough users uh, away from black market product this is where the education portion comes in where you have to educate your consumer on why choose your stuff when I can walk down the street to my buddy and buy whatever amount I want for way cheaper than the taxed stuff coming out of the dispensary. It also gets back to the state regulations on how are we taxing this stuff and why is it so expensive? It shouldn't be this expensive. If we were back on the patient model, this would be cruel and unusual punishment.
0: I think that's the separation between original... OG smokers and the new smokers is like this is the original how we got it, how we smoked it, how we did it but yep. now we have tourists or people who are coming into the fold but they only know it in this madman way or mm-hmm. this way of Yeah, consuming it and being, feeling, having a feel of, uh, I'm not doing something bad because it has this like bird from the states that says, Yeah, that's okay. Smoke them up. The state tested,
1: (laughs) lab tested this, said it was good to smoke. You know, I can smoke this. Right. Versus. You mean I got to go find a guy? Right. And not to be genderish, but you know, it's usually a guy. <laughs> it's... Uh, oh, well, no. No, 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 no. both. Check your privilege. Uh, <laughs> see, first it was on me. Now it's on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. This, see, this... Eye for an eye, you know the rest of it. Somebody loses a tooth. Anyway. Uh, no, but... But that is... Uh, that's the thing about it. It's you have to educate your consumer. And the tourist thing is actually one last point I will touch on because I know we need to find a natural ending point. Oh, know? sure. Yeah. So this, this is a good one.
0: Oh, this right. is perfect.
1: So we've got federally legal, national across the board. Let's do it. But look, we have to start educating consumer tourists right coming in. Uh, we were doing it in San Francisco for a while. I don't know if I, it's... Educate st- them on what? So, I'll get to it. We, we There was a one sheet that was required in San Francisco for a while to go in every bag of weed you were selling. Right? And it was essentially the, hey, dummies, this is how you don't do too much cannabis. Mm. Uh, <laughs> not to be harsh, but...
0: The look. ones that just pop edibles and yeah, be like, let's well, try it. And then they have a wild roll. Oh, they have a bad, <laughs> bad time.
1: Look, you can... It, you know, people say you can't OD on cannabis, and that's true. You cannot kill yourself by consuming cannabis. It would take an ungodly amount. You would never be able to consume Yeah, bananas
0: it. would kill you faster you yeah. eat uh, as many. Yeah,
1: uh, but you can make yourself have a very bad time on cannabis, which is you take too much of it. The paranoia, anxiety part of your brain get way too lit up, and I won't go into the whole how cannabis activates different regions of the brain depending on the concert effect with different cannabinoids but uh, or terpenes rather but what happens is you get too much THC activation you excite too much of your brain and you have psychoactive effects you get light trails you get colors you get time skips you get all sorts of stuff it becomes not a pleasant experience it's like tripping balls on acid and not having a good time uh, best advice if that happens to you, right, if you're just not feeling great on cannabis, go take a nap. You will wake up. It's not like alcohol where if you go to sleep, you'll die. It's – uh no, go take a nap. You'll sleep it off. You'll be all right in six to eight hours depending on how much you took. Yes, always uh, go lay down. Yeah, uh, and this is usually with edibles this happens. Not to say I haven't hit way too strong weed on smoking it and not – the first few times I Hot saw, flash. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, dab, dab coughs are hilarious. Uh, you cry. You sw- The dab sweats, the best. Uh, you, you start chasing some of these experiences after a while. Oh, no. Uh, no, it's, it's more of a, like, you know you've had good stuff when you get the dab sweats. You're like, oh, yeah, that was good. Uh, but, look, cannabis is one of those things like alcohol, like anything else, where it, if you consume it properly, it can be a very nice time. Mm-hmm. If you consume improperly, it can be shitty. Uh, You're not going to die from it, but it's not going to be a pleasant experience. But also, it's not for everybody.
0: And that's also drinking too much. yeah. Yeah,
1: but it's also not for everybody. No, There are those people that just do not enjoy drinking. Right. And there are those people who just hate cannabis. And their friends will be like, you're just not smoking the right stuff. No, look, not everybody's supposed to consume cannabis. There are people who actually have adverse reactions to cannabis. Uh, I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but. Yeah, you met
0: my friend once. Yeah. She was yeah. over the house. She's allergic to it. Yeah. Makes her eyes red and she closed her throat up. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, look, I'm not. I've never said it's a panacea. All right. But then again, Tylenol kills people.
0: Uh, On a daily basis, right? <laughs> so.
1: So let's all, you know, take our, you know, left, right, center blinders off for whatever political rah, rah, woo, woo, want to get behind. And let's all say, look, let's educate ourselves and educate each other in the best way possible to cut down on people coming to town and ODing, right? So that's why they have this one cheater in San Francisco. Here's how not to OD on, you know, edibles and different stuff. And I think that's a responsible thing to do all right it doesn't cost anything yeah it creates more waste and i'll get into that problem on some other podcast <laughs> but uh because cannabis waste is just a huge problem with the packaging industry uh but that's in, that's the legislation's fault in a lot of ways uh not to put the blame in any one place but that's a lot of it uh but let's make ways of saying okay how can we best have any consumer be it a tourist be it a regular smoker, be it, you know, um, Snoop Dogg, had the best experience with her product. Education. Education. All right. So that's why I wanted to come back to education because it's a nice note to wrap up on, which is, look, we can all get behind learning something, right? There's no such thing as bad knowledge. It's what you do with that knowledge, right? And with cannabis, knowing how to consume it properly or how to avoid it, if you want to avoid it, best thing you can do for yourself, just learn. So that's how, I'll, uh, that's how I'll wrap up on cannabis. Oh,
0: Arden, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Well, Landon, Hope you had a it, fun time.
1: Landon, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you, buddy. You <laughs> thank know, you. We have these great conversations. We get a little stoned. We a have little, some...
0: I'm pretty blazed.
1: I'm, I'm feeling okay. I, but look, that's the thing. We're enjoying ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We're having a good time. And that's the important thing to us, right? We're cognizant. We're coherent. We're making tons of sense. I hope. Uh, All yeah, right, bet. You know, and hopefully we're being entertaining, right? And and that's the thing. We just want to share this type of experience with other people who cannabis is right for and who want to consume it. Uh, to you know, let go and unwind a little bit, and 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 get closer to each other and share some good times. So, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, uh,
0: did you want to plug anything? Oh, you've been.
1: I, oh yeah i'll well, do it one last time come on i, I wouldn't be any good if yes. i didn't do it at the end <laughs> it's your job <laughs> it's the rule of threes if you notice i've done it twice already yes. this is, the third this one. is the third one, it, it, one. It, yeah so uh if you want to find me online all my social media handles are arden a r d as in david i n as in nancy comedy so Ardencomedy.com uh is my website and it's arden comedy for instagram twitter and facebook And then uh, I've got a YouTube channel, Art and Comedy. You'll have to search it. I don't have a custom URL yet because of YouTube's new rules uh, around monetization blah, 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 blah. I'm never going to make money on that channel. But I do repost a lot of Instagram stuff there. So if you don't have Instagram and you want to follow my stuff in video format, it's all on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, my man. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Theme music by Ron Halperin. Logo design by James Casey. This has been a production of LandonCharlesHughes.com.